What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Personal Growth Podcast, Time to Grind. Here, we discuss how to be the best version of ourselves every single day. I am your host, Kim Wynn, and I'm no expert, but I bring you tools and practices that I've used to transform my own life and guests who can bring their own wisdom and new perspectives your way. Changing your life and healing is completely up to you. I'm just here to spark your imagination and give you new ideas. If you want to do the work, you've got to get out there and grind. Let's do it together. This episode of Time to Grind is sponsored by the Strong and Shredded Academy. So you guys have heard me do uh, ads for Strong and Shredded before. Tyler Newton is a regular guest on this podcast, and uh, he, of course, brings me so much value in my own fitness journey. But today I'm really excited to talk about something new for them and a great deal for my listeners. So Tyler and his team have launched a brand new self-guided program, the Strong and Shredded Academy. This program has over 15 plus training modules that teach you both the science and the application of dieting. So you'll be able to diet on your own for the rest of your life and know how to properly set up your own dieting expectations. I don't know about you, but that was always the hardest part for me. I can't tell you how many times I would message Tyler and ask, what do I do now? What's next? And I was never sure when I should bulk or cut or be in maintenance or things like that. You'll also get knowledge about why you should go through each of the phases of their three-step dieting method. And you'll have access to over 50 recipes, an exercise vault, and 12 workout plans with more to be added. And you'll get a coaching call once a month. So you're not just left on your own with this program. You'll have Tyler or his team in your pocket to answer questions and help you guys out when you need it. So reach out to Tyler today. You can find him in the Strong and Shredded community on Facebook. The link is in the show notes, and you can reach out to him on Instagram or Facebook. His Instagram is new10 underscore fitness. That's new, the number 10 underscore fitness, Tyler Newton on Facebook. All of the links are in the show notes. You get 50% off, guys, 50% off with the code KIMPOSSIBLE just for being a Time to Grind listener. You do not want to miss this amazing opportunity to take control of your own health journey and teach yourself. I am a firm believer that we can teach ourselves anything, and you absolutely can take your own dieting journey in your hands and get strong and shredded. Back to the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I have one of my favorite guests, as usual. Tyler Newton is back this week. So welcome. You're fresh home from Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah. We were in Mexico celebrating my wonderful brother and my now sister-in-law's wedding. So we had a nice little trip down there. I will say it was my first time at an all-inclusive and I don't know if I'm an all-inclusive kind of guy. (laughs) Okay. I I don't think an all-inclusive vacation is my jam for four days. I like to explore. I'm more of the wild at heart explorer. So I I got my fix on a all-inclusive vacation. It was great. Didn't have to carry your wallet or do anything. But uh, yeah, I have to say as my first time experience, great time, but I don't know if I would do it again or very seldomly. You know, I kind of feel the same way. It's interesting. Like Maddie just had like 
I can't remember if he texted me or called me about this, but he was like, hey, what about a cruise? And I was like, no, I hate cruises. Like, just stuck on a ship and then I don't have enough time to explore. Like, you, you know, you get a certain amount of time. I remember I went to like a three-day cruise to Ensenada, Mexico from California and we got like a day to explore and it wasn't enough and we had to go like two hours outside of the city on like a bus to go see stuff and I it just wasn't I want to do what I want to do and I don't want to be like confined I guess yeah like I, I think that's the big thing is I'm so used to when traveling with my beautiful wife like we make plans for like a week or 10 days and like it's like hey we're gonna go hit this spot we're gonna go see this like we go to places that like we want to explore all these things because we know we might not ever go back there so when you go to like Mexico for an all-inclusive and you're like, oh, there's a lot of fun stuff that you could go do, being kind of locked into like the all-inclusive is like just weird to me. And maybe, I, you know, again, like there's a lot of good things about it, but it's also weird because I've never vacationed like that before. I've always been a go-go person, go sight. Right. So, so yeah, it has its pluses and minuses. I think it's great in maybe places that i wouldn't feel safe exploring yeah 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 i don't know uh, anyway well i wrangled you into recording even though i know you're like super busy with life right now you've got like a move and another trip coming up and all kinds of stuff but i couldn't think of anyone better i wanted to talk about this topic with so you guys, we're going to talk about lazy culture versus hustle culture today. Now, I know this podcast is called Time to Grind, but I'm also a, a big supporter of rest and relaxation and enjoying your life and all of those things. That's why I, you know, get out there and grind so I can do those things so I can enjoy my life because, well, we'll talk about it. Okay, so. When I talk about laziness, okay, I'm not talking about resting or relaxing or even taking time for leisurely activities, right? Like you just went and enjoyed time in Mexico. That's not being lazy. That's just enjoying your life, right? I'm talking about like laziness. Hustle culture and grind culture gets a bad rap, just like laziness does. And I've been on both sides of this, okay? I'm currently knee-deep in trying to build a business and a brand and do 75 hard and work my full-time job and be a mom. And so my life is go. And I could say it's time to grind. It is. That's every day I wake up, it's time to grind, right? <laughs> because I've lived on the other side of it. And I would say that just speaking from my own experience, uh, yes, I was more rested, I think, when I was lazy. Uh, but I lead a more fulfilling, uh, happier and easier life in this quote-unquote grind culture okay uh, give me a word that's like the opposite of lazy to you because i looked up synonyms for this word or nims rather for lazy like what's the opposite of like someone who's lazy or laziness and none of them really fit like it was really weird so what's the opposite of lazy 
I mean, it's hard, right? That is, I mean, the first word that came to mind was just kind of like driven, but I don't know if, I mean. Okay. It, All right, let's go with that. No, I think that's good. Yeah. Because I was thinking like motivated or, but that's not it. Driven's good. So we'll go with lazy or driven, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. I was curious, like, I know in my mind what laziness looks like to me, right? Yep. I'm sure you know what it looks like to you. So I went to Reddit to ask for some yeah. descriptors. That's dangerous. I know, of what laziness <laughs> is. So I'm going to give you guys, and now these are not my descriptors. Let me just throw that out right now because I do not agree with some of these. Okay. So according to the interwebs, this is what people say lazy looks like. Laziness looks like. I got fat, couch potato, lethargic, passive, unhealthy, junk food eater, inattentive, careless, and apathetic. Now I'm going to immediately strike fat off of that list because I do not think fat and lazy are they go together. Can fat people be lazy? Yes. Sure, they can, but I know plenty that aren't. So we're not even, that's like a whole other thing. Fat is just a word like, you know, I'm tall or I'm short or I have brown hair. It's a descriptor. Okay. Yeah. So it does not go with that. We're not. And I saw someone in the 75 hard group, like, I think I argued with someone over this who called like, you yeah, you tagged this? me in it. You tagged me in it. And I was just like, I was like, Kim, I was like, I don't even have time for this. Like, this guy's not getting my energy today. Cause no, I don't well, I already I already saw you start to argue with him. And I was like, I'm not born. I'm not giving this guy the time of day because he is so stuck in his ways that he can't even have an open conversation to understand the other side of the coin at all. Right. Well, and the funny thing is, well, because okay, for listeners, this is what he was saying was essentially that fat people are lazy. And I and my and I completely argued with him, right? And I said, You have overweight people in this group doing 75 hard, like doing two workouts a day, clearly not lazy. You know what I mean? And he said, Well, I'm not talking about those people. Then and who said, are you talking about? Well, then about? who are you talking? You're just talking about lazy people then. You're not talking about I mean, you know, and lazy's very subjective, right? What's lazy to me might not be lazy to you. So you know this uh, yeah and it was so funny because i had messaged you and you hadn't seen it yet and i was like i had no clue podcast episode dude, like <laughs> this guy right here uh, by the way if you guys want to know how we come up with our topics uh kim just randomly messages me and is like hey podcast topic and i'm like cool let's book book it <laughs> no so. for real and honestly like we get them so much from the 75 hard communities because yeah. and interestingly enough like you know, Nate Brown and I are, we are on a big, like, no complaining challenge thing. And so he tags me in things sometimes because I'm, like, on the lookout for some things for, like, a podcast episode. And he'll tag me about people, like, people complaining about uh, really just nonsense and how they're kind of their own worst enemy. So anyway, it's interesting. So if you're a 75 hard group member and you're listening, sometimes we get ideas from you guys. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then on the opposite end, I asked what like hustle culture is, right? So here are the descriptors I got for that. Overworked, tired, fit, wealthy, successful men, 
strong, motivated, vain, busy, and connected. What do you think about those? I mean, I'm sitting here as a woman who does a lot of shit, so I can't just say men, but men are included. I mean, I I feel like there's always so much to unpack in our conversations. (laughs) I mean, the biggest thing that, that stands out to me, like whenever we start talking about this, like hustle culture is... I think people don't see the negatives from both. Like when we're talking about lazy people, there's negatives. And from hustle culture, there's actually negatives. And so I I think people, and and this is something that I think when it comes to like the lifestyle customization we do as coaches or myself as a coach, and I know for you a little bit dabbling in, in that with people, but for me, like it's all about like lifestyle customization, right? Like you can have a lazy day. Like I think lazy days are needed at times. Because if you're always hustling and always grinding, then you get to burnout stage. And I've been at burnout stage. Like I've been there to where I'm like, you know what? Like just fucking burn it all down. Like I'm tired of this. I'm tired of dealing with everybody. Like I just want to burn my whole entire business to the ground. Fuck everybody. Like, sorry for any of my clients that are listening, but I love you all. But I'm just saying like, like there are times where you just feel like that because you're in such a grind and you never slow down that like you kind of overwork yourself. So for me, like when I start listening to the like, hustle mindsets or descriptors that you're using for me i mean the burnout kind of comes with it i think and i think this is where we're trying to kind of bridge the gap between like what is lazy and what is like too much hustle and i think the other thing that we have to really dive into here a little bit is we put people on a pedestal such as like david goggins or gary v and i love gary v and i love david goggins and You could even throw in like the Iron Cowboy who did, you know, 100 Ironmans in 100 days. He also did like 50 in 50 states in 50 days. James Lawrence, who I had the pleasure of meeting, by the way, great guy. But, you know, we put them on these pedestals of like how hard they push themselves and these extraordinary things that they do. And listen, if you have a dream and you want to go to that extraordinary length and you want to be that person, you're that driven. Like by all means, like, hey, I'm cheering for you to be that person. But I think we also have to sometimes like come back to reality in a way. And again, when I say reality is 95%, no, probably 97% of us are not going to be that driven to go set such a high expectation of ourselves, right? Most of us are going to be somewhere in that middle ground. So how do we control like who we want to be and what do we want it to look like in order to sustain us to be the best version of ourselves? Because there's, and God, let's take this a little bit further too, right? Everybody says like, how do I get started with like my fitness journey or becoming healthier, right? Well, what do most people do when they first start? It's like a 75 hard approach, which is you just got to dive in and you got to go all in and like be super motivated. And you use that motivation for the first 75 days and you get through 75 hard, let's just say, well, then what the hell comes after that, right? Like what happens whenever that motivation starts to wear off. Like, what do you have left? So again, like, it's cool to hustle. It's cool to grind and like be very driven to accomplish a lot of things. But if you don't have a lazy day here and there, or you don't have balance, and I think what we're trying to talk about here is what does balance look like for you as an individual? And only you as the listener can actually define that. Then you're listening to the wrong people. Like, my hard, your hard, or what I deem as hustle versus what you deem as hustle could be two completely things. 
because I also believe that for me, like I'm so ADHD, like my hustle takes way longer than one of my good friends whose hustle only takes like five hours. He wakes up at 5 a.m. He tries to be done by like 12 o'clock and like he's done the rest of the day to go do whatever he wants to do. Right. Can't he's do like, that. Well, I mean, I'm not. I mean, person. I have ADHD too, so I can't. I, yeah. But if you look no. at how much work I probably actually do in a day, to be honest, like real work. Okay. Let's like talk about like podcast editing, social media editing, uh, creating clips, writing stuff, talking to clients and stuff. I probably end up only doing about six hours of real work a day. L let's be completely honest. Like if it was a timer on like, I'm actually working, I'm not on my phone, I'm not scrolling, I'm not doing any bullshit. I probably only spend about five to six hours a day truly working, but it takes me eight or nine hours to get it done. Right. So like, you know, to me, that feels like I'm grinding all day. Whereas right. I wish I could sit down for like, say six hours at a time. Let's just say I woke up at 6 a.m. And or woke up at five, instantly started working at six, locked myself in a corner. I was done by 12. Well, then shit, I have so much time to do other fun shit, right? Okay. But I mean, that's being really effective with your time, right? And so yeah. that's why I'm talking about like somebody's hustle and grind can look completely different than mine. And we have to find that balance of like, what the hell works for you? Are you an entrepreneur? Are you somebody that works nine to five for somebody? Are you somebody that has to clock in, clock out? You have kids, you have a husband, like look at your life and then write out how it needs to look out is what I think most people need to do. And then you can see where that hustle fits in there. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about work. Now, you know, when we talk about, so uh, uh, before we get into the work aspect, because I've got a good conversation on this, let's talk about what laziness looks like to each of us. Okay, so I'm just going to describe my life when I was lazy. Yeah, I didn't do much. I was very inactive. I'd have periods where I'd go to the gym for like, you know, a month and then I'd kind of stop. And so I wouldn't describe myself as active. I laid around a lot. I was a big reader and I watched a lot of TV. So it was a lot of couch time for me. So that couch potato thing stuck out to me on the descriptor list right there. Uh, even activities I did outside of my home were like a lot of, I'd go to the movies with my kids and, you know, we'd go like miniature golfing or just like very mild stuff like I wasn't doing anything adventurous or fun or fulfilling like it was all just I think the normal everyday basic things that people do I wasn't doing anything that made me feel like I was achieving or accomplishing anything and I was not healthy I was not eating well I was tired a lot from doing nothing. Yep. So uh, what does laziness look like to you? Mine. All right. So mine, I think is going to be really different from yours. And yeah. I don't think either one. It, I don't want to. Yeah. Like, and I don't want to ever take away from like what yours is versus mine. But for me, like I've never been very lazy in a okay. sense. And what I mean by that is I've always had sort of like a grind mentality because 
even when I was at my heaviest weight because I wasn't working out. So I would consider that being kind of lazy from the standpoint of I was lazy and taking care of myself because okay. I was so focused on the business grind. You know, when I was fresh out of college, you know, you kind of go through that drinking phase where like your metabolism still works really well. So you can get away with like hardly sleeping, partying a lot, and then like do it all over again while you go to your like waiter job and you, you know, you're totally fine. Right. So, you know, I got down to Charleston, started caddying. Well, fuck, now I'm making actually more money than I'd ever made. Then I tacked on a second job at a bar. So I'm caddying in the sun, carrying two bags, which is not very lazy. It's a very demanding job, to be honest, because in Charleston, it's very hot. And then, you know, I'm going and working as a bouncer, barback slash bartender at night up until like 2 or 3 a.m. So there was really no time for me to actually really take care of myself from a diet and nutrition standpoint. I was just so caught up in, let me chase the green cash that I was getting handed every night like no paychecks, just straight cash, more money than I'd ever seen at a young age. So for me, I was being lazy in terms of taking care of myself from a physical standpoint, okay? Because I wasn't really going to the gym and working out for pleasure. I was basically treating my caddy job as a workout because I would walk eight and a half miles a day, carrying two golf bags. Like that was a workout in and of itself. But then the nutrition side of things, was basically, yeah, I'd eat a salad at night, but I wasn't eating enough food. And then a lot of the foods that I would have to eat while on the course were very processed or it'd be high in fats. And then you go to a bar. Well, of course, there's pretty girls there that you're bartending for. They want to take shots with you. So then I'm getting a lot of carbohydrates and excess alcohol in. So I just wasn't taking care of my body. So I was being lazy in how I was taking care of myself. I was never necessarily somebody that would just ever sit around and do nothing except for on the one day off that I had a week. And then, yes, I was very lazy. I would basically like sit at home and just like take a rest day, so to speak. That so would this, be my lazy. So this is a perfect lead in to what I'm going to talk about right now, because, OK, very much like you, even though I was very lazy at home and in my personal life, I have always been very much a hustler at my job. I've always been the person who gets promoted. I've always been the person who like puts in the extra hours, stays longer, which I don't think is the best mentality to have as an employee <laughs> anymore. And, you know, I've always been that person. Like I had a strong work ethic. So I would never have described myself as lazy at work. Yep. Just in my personal life. So this is what we're going to talk about. So Bill Gates actually says that lazy people make the best employees. And once upon a time, when I was a lazy person, I probably would have argued and been like, no, you know, I'm a great employee and I'm not lazy, like, because I'd work extra and I'd stay longer and you know, I'd break my back for the company I was working for. Like it was some badge of honor to do this for a company who really didn't care about yeah, me, right? You got to like wear was, that badge of honor, right? Oh, God. And I do all of that, but I was extremely lazy outside of work and I watched a lot of TV and, you know, and now I would say that I agree with Bill Gates and lazy people do make good employees. So I want you to think about that if you're a good employee, because 
whatever we call non-lazy, the driven people outside of their nine to five job or whatever hours you work, if you're an employee, the hustlers, the driven are our leaders. Yeah. They are not a good employee. They are the business owners, the entrepreneurs, the ones signing the paychecks and working for themselves. Good employees don't make great leaders always. We have to have both, right? Like we have to have the leaders and we have to have the people who know how to follow really well. And I would say that the people who know I would say lazy people, if we, however you want to determine yourself as lazy, okay? And I say this as someone who was lazy, make great followers. I was great at following people. I was great at looking at other people do really hard things and following the path, following the way I was supposed to. I never had the drive to go like forge my own path and be like, you know what? Fuck all of you. I'm going to go do my own thing over here. Like, don't really care what you all think. Like, I don't, you know, I think that's like the difference right there. What do you think about all of that? Yeah. I mean, there's from a, from my business mindset, I think it makes total sense to have lazy people as really great employees because they're not going to necessarily try to take over from the vision of the company. And what I mean by that is they'll show up, they clock in, they do the job that you assign them, and then they go home. And they're great while they're at work. And then that's all you're going to get. And that's perfect because sometimes that's exactly what you need in a business. Because if everybody is a chief, meaning a leader or that person goes the extra mile or that's forward thinking, Well, then you run into a lot of conflicts because then they always feel like they're right and that they need to be heard and that you should do what they need to do. And then what ends up happening is they start believing that they can do it better. So then what do they do? They go and create their own business and they leave unless they're promoted, so to speak, or unless you listen to them and follow their ideology of what they think is best. And so... It's a very interesting discussion, I think, because you need to have people that are your leaders that are entrepreneurs, but you don't need to have a bunch of entrepreneurs on your team. And I think that's hard for a lot of people to understand because an entrepreneur has the same views, has the same mindset towards working really hard, but they don't want to do all the extra work, so to speak, in the sense of... They don't want to handle the financing. They don't want to handle the marketing. They don't want to handle every aspect of the business. Whereas the entrepreneur is supposed to lead from the front, know how to do all the jobs and all the roles inside the company, but want to keep pushing forward with the next big ideas. It doesn't mean that the entrepreneur can't have great ideas and can't have say, but they don't ever want to be the main person in charge, but they can be a great leader at the same time. Whereas the entrepreneur is going to want to do things his way constantly. And so that's where I think a lot of people, if we want to talk about like building a business, so to speak, you know, having somebody that's a little bit more on the lazy side can be very beneficial for you. So that way you don't have two entrepreneurs that are battling for the right 
to be the one that's on top. So we're going to talk about the glorification of both cultures. Okay. So we get grind culture glorified and we get lazy culture glorified, right? Yeah. So let's talk about the glorification of lazy first. Now, there is a mass of people against hustle culture and productivity. And we've actually seen that go up since the pandemic, since people were able to work from home, uh, you know, since people realized that they could have so much more of a life beyond just going to their nine to five job, right? They could enjoy their life a lot more which is great. And to be clear, once again, we're not talking about rest and relaxation and just enjoy your life. According to a poll, one third of American workers, so only one third of American workers are passionate about what they do. Okay, so that leaves two thirds of Americans. That's a lot, more than half that are not passionate or satisfied with their work, okay? I am going to raise my hand as one of those people. So we'll talk about my situation real quick. I was always one of those people who was lazy in my personal life, and I have an insane work ethic. Thanks to my dad. I have a dad who was like military and law enforcement and all kinds of stuff. And so I was raised to like, work. I worked alongside my dad like growing up while he fixed things and my dad like did everything. So he cooked, he fixed all the things in the house. He, you know, he was a true partner to my mom for sure. And so or is it was like he's not still he is. And so I was raised with a really good work ethic. You know, you show up early like if you're early you're on time if you're on time you're late like that's the way I was raised and so I always worked really hard I was always chasing promotions and things like that and then when I started this journey when I started 75 hard when I started this podcast and I realized like because I've always had this creativity I've always had in my head, this idea that I was meant for more, I just never did anything about it. And I was lazy. And, you know, now that I'm doing things with it, it lit a fire in me to be like, okay, this is, this makes me happy. My job does not make me happy. I don't want to work this job for the rest of my life. And if my boss is listening, by chance, he already knows that. So, so no one tell my employer because they all know that one day I plan on quitting. So anyway, I I realized that I had it all backwards. You know what I mean? I was giving and every time they would ask me to work overtime, I would take it and, you know, I'd work all these extra shifts and like money like you were talking about. Right. And then I was like, why am I putting all this effort into someone else's dream, right? Yeah. And so I flipped. And now I, the day, the days I can get off early, I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go home and put those hours into what I'm working on because that's what matters to me. I 
still go to work and do the best job that I can do while I'm there. Like, my bosses don't even call me on my day off anymore to come in. They know that, like, I'm not taking overtime. I'm not working extra. Like, and I think I ditched the mentality of, like, give everything to your job. And now I think even if I didn't have this dream, these goals that I'm working on for business, I think people get it backwards. So here's the thing. I think we need to redefine lazy culture, okay? Because you all have the right idea. If you're into like lazy culture and life of ease, even though I think life of ease comes from the grind a little bit. So like the harder path always leads to an easier life. If you're into this, right, like you just want, you want a life of relaxation, a life of ease. You just want to chill. Like, good for you. That's great. Okay. I think that so many of these people spend time and energy pouring themselves into their career or their company or whatever and make that, like, when you ask Americans to describe themselves do you know how often their job is a descriptor of them all the you're all the time your job should be what finances the things that you love to do it should just it should be this is my life that's just what i do to pay for my life right so it should be i get to kayak on the weekends or whatever my job pays for that like, it's a, I think, shifting a mindset a little bit, but I don't know. What do you think? So, first of all, I 100% resonate with what you're talking about in the sense of giving yourself up to your job, especially for me early on in my early 20s. I was always the guy that'd cover somebody's shift. I was always the guy that, like, never want, wanted to go home early. Like, if it was a slow night. I'd be like, nah, man, y'all go home. <clears throat> and so I would always be the guy that's like, yeah, I'm going to give this job everything I got because I got to grind, right? Like I got to prove myself. There's like a badge that I got to wear to show that like, hey, I'm worth it. Like I'm 100% committed. And it's not a mini revelation though. Is it also because we weren't really doing anything outside of work and yes. we're just lazy? Yes, I 100%. Because the other thing that you said that really hit me was the fact that you always knew you had a higher purpose, but you just didn't know how to like really facilitate it yet. Right. So I, I think what's great is like what you're doing with your podcast and all the things that 75 Heart has brought to you over the last year and a half. Like that was the plan. And that's what you maybe had to go through in order to get to where you needed to be right now. Right. Like that was the fire that lit and showed you your path to get you here and all the things that were able to actually take you through the trials and errors to find out like what it is that you really were going to be successful at doing for your higher purpose and to serve other people in that way, right? You're still serving yourself, but like your higher power is being able to serve others now. And the same thing happened to me, right? Like I, I was working at Verizon before I became a personal trainer in person. And I liked it. Like I liked helping, you know, grandma and grandpa figure out like how to do 
there's how to work their cell phones and stuff. Like it was always cute and fun. Right. And I was always great at that. And the time came, right. It was like, Hey, like, do you want this promotion to be a manager? Or I got hit at the same time. Hey, how would you like to be a personal trainer? Like, Hey, you're really good with people. You really love to lift. Like, what do you think? And so I kind of hit that crossroads of like, wow, like if I was a personal trainer, like I could really help people who maybe are quote unquote lazy or need help losing weight or like need to have a little bit of motivation from somebody that like believes in them. Like to me, that was like the higher calling for me. That was kind of like my sign of like, wow, like this might be something that like, since you're already passionate about yourself, like you can now take it and extend it forward to other people and maybe change some other people's lives. And having that higher power feeling is really great. Right. And so that's what's kind of led me here today, six years later of like working for myself, like running my business, having a podcast, being known around the country with various clients and leaving that mark. Right. But I now give back to myself in a way that I never would have given back whenever I was grinding in my early twenties, because I thought hustle culture was staying late at work, being the guy that would come in on his day off, being the guy that would never say no and giving back to myself. I missed out on so many fun things, even though like I did plenty of fun things too. Like I could have had so many more life experiences had I said no to work so many times. Cause I was the guy, I remember one October, here's my badge of honor story for you guys. There was one October shortly after we hosted the PGA championship, which is a golf tournament at the golf course that I worked at. And I worked 27 out of the 31 days in October. I did 17 doubles, which means I did 17 days where I looped twice with two bags on my shoulder, two loops, worked basically from 6.30 until like 7.30, 8 o'clock at the golf course. And then 12 of those days in October, I also then went into the bar and sat there and bounced. I had no social life in October that year. None. But God damn it, I made a lot of money. Helped me buy a new car. Like, that was great, right? Until I left that job. And then everybody told me I had to grow up. And I went and got a different job, more corporate with a 401k and health insurance. But the pay was less. I didn't know how to live that lifestyle, right? So, like, all of these things that we're talking about, like, I was giving up so much of my time that I never spent time with, like, really trying to have a serious relationship. Never spent time with my relationships with friends unless like it was on my time. It couldn't be on their time. It had to be on my time because I wanted to work. And so I would cancel things that really hurt my relationship with friends because I put money first and the grind mentality of wanting to be seen as the guy that you can count on, which in reality, like, I think we kind of get that backwards. Like you should be the guy that values personal time with friends, with your significant other, with your kids. Like, it's not a badge of honor to be a shitty father, but then make a shit ton of money that you never actually take that money and spend it on your kids in a meaningful way. Like, I think that's something that a lot of dads need to learn is it's great that you have a lot of money and you can buy your kids a lot of things. But what most families need is quality time spent together. I think that's so true. I mean, that could be a whole thing on itself. <laughs> Listen, I can't tell you much of anything that my parents bought me growing up. Yeah. I can tell you, like, the one thing I can remember that my dad used to take me to the bookstore every weekend. And he 
buy me a stack of books that I would read all week. And he never said, like, you can't buy that many books or whatever. He would buy me whatever books I wanted. And, but I got to go with him and hang out with him and spend time with him. And those, like, I remember the time that my parents spent with me more than I do anything else. You know, I remember having a conversation. So interesting. So I remember having a conversation when my kids were little with my partner at the time about like the house being a mess when my kids were like little like toddlers and kindergarten you know and the dishes were in the sink and I remember saying I don't care about the dishes like I took the kids to the park today I spent a lot of time with my kids. I spent so much time volunteering at their schools, like when they were young, like all through elementary school, I was on like the PTA and all that stuff. And they'll remember all of that more than they will ever remember that I had dishes in the sink one night. Like it's, you know, time with people so, so important. So I love that you said that. But I had like a moment once in my life where, I because I always did the badge of honor thing so like I I had kids pretty young and like I was in retail and because I worked so hard I moved up pretty quickly like I was a store manager at I think 19 20 and then you know I I went to bigger companies and things like that so my last retail job was at Nike Okay, if you ever want to, like, have a a job that, like, you have a lot of freedom at, don't go work retail because, especially small retail, Nike is a big company, it's a great company, but, you know, I'd work small retail places and there's no one to cover you. No. So if someone calls out, you're there all day, open to close. So I'd be like, oh, well, it's me, open to close, look at me working all day, you know, like, I was so proud of myself. But I remember I was working for Nike and my kids were really little. And it was right around the time that stores started opening at midnight for Black Friday. And I worked at like an outlet, a Nike outlet. And so it was really busy, high volume. And Black Friday was obviously huge for us. And it was the first year that we were opening. We were the only place opening at midnight, like in the area. And I thought it was fucking crazy. I was like, are you serious? Like, I literally went to, like, Thanksgiving dinner, came home. I couldn't take a nap because it was weird, like, time. And I just went to work at, like, 11 p.m. And I worked 16 hours. Holy cow. 16 hours. And it was my second year with, like, Nike. And I loved working for Nike. It's a great culture. They have a great culture at work. And so I remember I was like delirious that day, delirious. Like even like my operations manager was like, you don't seem okay. Like you should go home. And it wasn't time for me to go home. So like I had to come back that night too and count all of the money. And so I remember going home and telling my husband at the time, like, I can't do it anymore. Like this is... And I was just, I was, I'd missed so much of the holidays with retail with my kids. I was so like, I almost hated the holidays because I was just like, oh, 
work makes me hate the holidays. And, you know, I barely wanted to do anything for Christmas and my kids were little and I didn't want them to be like, oh God, mom hates Christmas or so I, it's, I lost myself in a job and my family for sure was not doing well at that time because of that job. So yeah. And not financially, just because of my lack of presence at home, because of my lack, my presence at work. Yeah, I mean, I think any time nowadays, as I'm getting older, like I'm kind of noticing this more and more. But I mean, I think any time you start to prioritize your work over your family, that's probably a telltale sign that you care more about the job than taking care of your family. And granted, I understand that like your job is supposed to help you take care of your family, but there's some things that money can't buy. And speaking from somebody that has lost a parent at an early age, when you were talking about like what your dad used to buy you and like it was just books and that was the thing, you know, I was a pretty privileged kid. Like my dad, when he was around before he passed, he would always make sure I had the nicest glove, the nicest shoes, the nicest bat, like. You know, sports was our thing. My dad was an athlete. Okay. So like for us, like sports was always our thing. So I was very privileged in the sense that my dad would always buy me the nice stuff. And my mom carried that on too, you know, as I got older without my dad, because she knew that it was kind of like my dad's thing. So like she carried it on, but I never took it for granted. Right. And for me, it was always one of those things that like, yeah, he'd buy me the nice stuff, but he would also spend extra time with me every day after practice, right? Like, and not in the like unhealthy, like pushing your kid to the brink, right. but just like a very healthy, like, hey, let's work on this. And like, my dad, I think was a great reader of kids and athletes in the sense that he knew whenever I needed to be pushed. And he also knew whenever I needed to like probably take a break and not be like overworked. And my mom probably had something to say about that too. I just don't know it, but I'm going to assume that my mom probably also was in his ear or something because there's some things I think we don't know as kids. So therefore, oh, yeah. we don't have the full picture. But, you know, for me, like that was the best time. That was always the time that I remember because I can tell you story after story of the time I spent with my dad working on throwing a knuckleball or the time that I spent with my dad learning how to throw a spiral or my dad teaching me how to play wolf ball, which is like, yeah, like it's a uh, easy game that you can play in your backyard. But like, you know, when you used to crack the wolf ball, my dad'd be like, oh, it's fine. Go get the duct tape. We start duct taping the wolf ball. So then the wolf ball turned into a duct tape ball, like all these cool stories, right? That we remember as kids of the time that we spent with people, especially our parents and what that does for us. Those are the things that I care more about. It wasn't really the fact that I had the nicest stuff. I didn't know that I was getting the nicest stuff other than the fact that, you know, my dad spoiled me a little bit with sports, but I would have taken whatever he'd given me just because it was time spent. It was the way that we spent our time together. So I think it's just always important to know that like, if you're going to hustle and grind, make sure you also hustle and grind to spend quality time with the people around you, whether you have kids, whether you don't, like there needs to be a balance for a lot of people, because I really don't give a shit if you can outwork me. That's great. Like I'm super happy for you, but I'm going to go play some golf and you can keep working. And like, if we are still at the same pay scale, then who's got a better life right now? I do. I get to go do what I love. I love playing yeah. golf. I love whacking a ball around on a golf course and losing a couple. Like, no, I, I totally agree with you. And I totally resonated with everything you said about your dad. Like I grew up playing softball. So, you know, I, it was always, I was a pitcher 
and I it was cached in the front yard and my dad invested in me and I have no idea how much it even costs but yeah. like you know he got me a pitching coach because he believed in me and he wanted me to get better and improve and it was something he didn't know how to like teach me for like pitching softball so he got someone who could help me and it was like 20 minutes away so he would drive me every Sunday and he would drive me through McDonald's and get me a sausage biscuit because I loved them and so we'd eat it on the way it was kind of our thing and we would just like yeah. talk and you know and then we would talk about my lesson on the way home and I loved it like it was the time spent too like even on days I didn't feel like going to go pitch like I knew I was going to get to hang out with my dad and like maybe go do something afterwards too so yeah yeah okay well let's lead into now <laughs> that we've talked about like lazy culture right what's the glorification of grind culture I mean, I, I think we've kind of been touching on that as we were talking about lazy culture, to be honest. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we kind of blended the two there. But I mean, the glorification with hustle co cultures, like, I mean, it's kind of like big dick energy, right? Like, I mean, it's it literally is the sense of like, hey, like my shit's bigger than yours. Like, let me try to like one up you is kind of how I feel like hustle culture is now. And to me, I think it's almost leading to like unhealthy relationships with yourself quite honestly and and again like let's not confuse this like if that's your enjoyment like doing the grind like waking up going for a run like working out twice a day and like you know that's your shtick then like that's cool like i'm not against that right but i think at the same time like is there balance in your life like there i keep saying balance in the sense of like anytime we give more to one thing that is going to take time away from the other, right? And so we're always playing this kit game of balance. And so if you have no idea like where your balance is in life, and I'm just going to use an example from 75 hard because I'm starting to see this happen more frequently than I would like. But, you know, I keep seeing people being like, hey, I'm going through a divorce. And I found out during 75 hard that like my partner wasn't like on the same page as me and stuff like that, right? Like, and listen, that's cool that maybe you saw some personal growth and like you guys weren't on the same page and that's totally fine. Like, hey, I get it. Like people grow apart. But at the same time, like sometimes in the back of my head, I wonder like, okay, were you so in tuned with like trying to grind that then you started taking time away from the relationship and working on the relationship? And I'm not trying to like say like I know anybody's story, right? Like, I mean, I'm just reading a post. But in the back of my mind, I also go, okay, well, like, were you putting as much time into also the relationship than your relationship with just getting fit and diet culture and grind culture? Again, like, I don't know everybody's story. So I like, I don't want to like speak for other people, but I think it's a valid question in the sense of like, if we put as much time into like 75 hard hustle culture, and I'm using 75 hard because I'm starting to see that it's becoming very toxic. Personally, I think that it's becoming a very toxic thing for a lot of people. So therefore, I want to be like, well, okay, you did 75 hard. That's cool. Like thousands of other people have done it, like really happy for your accomplishments. But what else did you work on mentally? What else did you work on as a person? And I think this is why me and you love this conversation, because yeah. we can at least use your story in a sense more than mine, because you worked on a lot of the things that were issues in your life as you went through your 75 hour journey. It wasn't just about like the getting fit, becoming healthy, like you're getting healthy and getting fit was 
fixing issues, working on disordered eating, working on like your business, growing as a person. And so I think there's a difference in if you're going to do a hustle or grind mentality, like, are you just grinding to grind and wear it as an honor or are you grinding to get to a end result, to get to an objective that you have set out that, you know, you can maybe go above and beyond, right? Like, it's kind of like when you set out a goal, like a goal has a ending to it, right? You achieve X goal. And this is why, like, I'm starting in my head, like, I'm starting to think to myself a little bit more, you know, goals, when we hit them, we stop once we hit them a lot of times, right? We have to then reset another goal. Instead of setting objectives that you want to hit and trying to exceed the objective that you're trying to hit. And let that sink in, because if you have a goal, once you hit that goal, what do we do? We, we kind of let off, right? But if we have an objective that we try to hit and we try to far exceed that objective, we're going to then really see ourselves grow exponentially more than if we just have goals. And so I think there's a fine, very fine line that we're talking about. And I think it's a tough way to know like what is too much, what is too little. And we can't answer that for you, but we hope to, or at least I hope to shed some light on it because as a coach and my personal coaching experience with a lot of clients, you know, they want more and more because they think like more is going to create more results when sometimes less actually creates more results. Execution of what you're doing is actually better than doing more. It's all about the execution, not the more. It's like that whole concept of like 20 minutes of doing something is better than 20 hours thinking about it. But like, right. I, so I have a sticky note up here that says move the goalpost. Like, basically, my goal is to just always be improving, right? And I think you said something so true, because I know we talk a lot about, like, the toxic side of 75 hard. And I think I love seeing so i'm gonna talk about the positive okay i love seeing yeah. people who truly do work on themselves and if we take the example that you gave of marriage i think when you throw yourself into grind culture it reveals a lot of things that are wrong not going well or not working right in your life you'll start to see where things are not working or failing and it can be very toxic to be surrounded by a lot of people who are doing that and it's tough i could go down a whole thing right here of like it's not black and white i think that if people because uh, I have watched a lot of people improve their marriage through five hard. So it's it just really depends on what your goals are. Like, I think it probably for a lot of people highlights the fact that they're not in the right relationship. Yeah. And on the opposite end can highlight the fact that there's problems and they love the person and want to choose to work on those the way they're working on themselves. Yep. 
So I, I think there's so many factors in that, right? Because you can have a partner that's not supportive and that's tough too. And there's yep. all kinds of things involved in that. But I agree. I mean, I think the reason, you know, I can say like, oh, 75 hard, live hard works so well for me is because I didn't just check off those five things. Right. Or those however many things are in the phases. I wasn't going to correct. I was going to be like, it's six, but it's okay. <laughs> I didn't just check those things off. Like I didn't, I'm even now, like I'm going through a second round right now. And I mean, I don't know if you saw my post today, like in our friend group, I said, like, what are you doing? What's everyone doing? Because I know there's a lot of us in the group doing 75 hard right now. So it's like, what's everyone doing to push themselves mentally or physically or whatever? Like, I'm being very mindful about my reading. Like I'm very, uh, you know, I'm not just like, oh, what's everyone else reading? I'm going to read that. Like I'm reading a book right now on like technology addiction and it's really eye-opening for me. Like I want to read books on things that I know I really need to work on within myself, not just like, oh, this person has a new book out. So that's what everyone's reading. Like you know, I, I love Can't Hurt Me, but like, I know that's like the go-to for everyone, right? And like, I expand on this too with you, by the way. Yeah. Not to cut you off, but like, I want to show the parallel here of what you're talking about, because I think what you're talking about is really important. And that is the fact that so many people go into the group and they're like, hey, what book should I read? Right. And we all know kind of like basic five, right? I almost want to call it like the 75 part starter pack. Right. It's like atomic habits. Oh my God. Can I get can't it? Hurt. Wait, it's can't, it's can't hurt me. It's yeah. atomic habits. It's relentless. relentless. It, or it's a Tim Grover book. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Tim Grover book. Okay. There's Rachel Hollis's. Oh, nobody. Okay. Yeah. I, hey, I'm just saying, like, I see it like, pop up every time. Uh, I don't think a lot of people read her anymore. I feel like she's. Maybe not, but I still see it pop up quite a bit. Like, it, it, enough for me to, like, be like, Jesus, like, you know that book again right like not that it's listen i haven't read it so i don't know i just know that i keep seeing it pop up so therefore like it's kind of on my like starter pack of like right. common books that we keep seeing i know it's funny to me because what i want to highlight with what you said which i thought was very good and i hope everybody got this from what you were talking about which is you need to go find the books that you need to be reading as a person from the areas that you need to be improving on Everybody else is going to show you those five books. And yes, they're great books. Go read them. They're not going to hurt you. But if you're mindful as you're doing 75 hard, if you're mindful as you are trying to create better habits with what needs to help you grow as a person in whatever phase you're in your current life, then you need to go find the books that are going to help you personally with what you're trying to develop. Right. So I think that's a huge thing that I really wanted to highlight. And I didn't mean to cut you off in the middle. No, of the call, no. I just I mean thought it was super important. Like I was recently diagnosed with ADHD. And so I looked up books for, on ADHD and I found a book by Dr. Gabor Mate, who I absolutely love. I've listened to him on like other podcasts. Specifically, I think like he has a great episode on the Tim Ferriss show. So if anyone wants to go look up Gabor Mate, he's amazing. I read a book called The Scatter Scattered Mind or Scattered Minds and really good. That's not something I would have ever gotten a suggestion for in 75 in the 75 heart group. I think anytime I see someone ask like what should I read? I always comment and say, "How are you looking to grow?" Yeah. 
so that I can give them a suggestion. Because if I'm like, oh, Scattered Minds is great, what are they going to do? Go pick up a book about ADHD? Like, We love dogs. You're fine. I love dogs. I, get so, I got so excited that your dog was back there. No, he was starting to whine, so I wanted to let him out because I, I didn't want him to pop through on the microphone because somebody oh, walked fine. in. You're so be before he started barking, I was like, all right, let me let him out real quick. But I was hoping not to disrupt your thought. <laughs> no. So, I mean, I think like people get this idea to... I think people think this checklist is a fix-all, and it's not. You really have to put in the work. Coincidentally, not in the official 75 hard group, in the other one. Yesterday, I saw a post from some coach. I mean, there's a lot of coachy posts in there because you can self-promote there. And it was about, like, the gym being therapy. He literally said, use weights as therapy. It's therapeutic. It is not therapy. Bingo. I commented and said, well, I'm getting this wrong. Yeah. While the gym is great for mental health, right? It's vital yes. to my own mental health. Well, it's great 100%. for mental health. It is not a replacement for therapy. I got so attacked. Like, I was. Can so you? Amazed. Can you? Please tag me in that. I mean, you know, I'd be the first person as a coach to come in there and be like, you are all fucking wrong. Like, it, it's not right, guys. Like, therapy is therapy. It is where you go to be with your emotions and with your thoughts and to clear your mind as to what is holding you back. Yeah. Okay. The gym is where you go to release some of those feelings, but it is therapeutic. It is not healing. It is not healing the issues that you are avoiding talking about. And I'm going to share something real quick while we're on this topic, because I want to be very vulnerable and very open with you guys. You know, I talked to you before this about some things that were going on, you know, a lot of stuff with the move, a lot of stuff with business, things of that nature. And, you know, last night I had a coaching training and, you know, you, you popped in and listened to for a little bit, but I mean, I was on the verge of tears before going on that because of the amount of stress that I have been feeling. I was super stressed out all day Monday, all day yesterday, like just a lot of things going on, a lot of things that were very overwhelming, like literally to the point, like 10 minutes before, like actually an hour before I was snapping at like my roommates for like stupid dishes and stuff like that, which is usually not like me. I usually just do them because it's just easier. Right. And I was just in a bad mood. And then I had to like pop into character to like put on, you know, the live training and like push all of my feelings away. I get done with the training. I go eat dinner with, you know, my wife's in the den and, you know, she gets up and starts to make a dessert. And I feel again, like just that sensation of overwhelming emotion and stress and anxiety just building up that I just had to get up off the couch and just go ask my wife for a hug and just cry. All right. Like I had so much anxiety and stress built up that I, all I wanted to do was not talk to my wife. I just wanted to be held. I just wanted her to know how I was feeling through the fact that I asked for a simple hug and just to hold me while I let out emotion. Like I love that. that that is something that I needed to do. That's not something that I always would have done. But what I do know nowadays is that like bottling up my emotion, which I still do plenty of times, like it's still very hard for me to always like let just let it out, like because like 
again, like I'm somewhat of a man where like, it's not always the easiest thing for me to do. It's just not like, I mean, I've worked on it and I'm way better at it, but still like it, it's not easy. It's just not, but like, I've become very self-aware of like, when I'm feeling very stressed and very emotional, the one person I know that I can lean on is my wife. So whether that's just asking for a hug and letting her let me cry in her arms, which some men would probably never do. Some men would never be willing to be that vulnerable. I think is a huge step in saying like, I'm addressing my issues and what is making me feel so stressed. And it's not that she, she knew what it was and she can read me like an open book. So I didn't have to say anything. She knew what was eating me up because she can look at me and tell. Yeah. But I just needed in that moment to be held. And to me, that was somewhat therapeutic. Like, cause I could just let it out. I could just let my emotions be unbottled and people need to realize like, it's okay to be a guy or a woman and just be vulnerable. Absolutely. Just let things out. And so Listen, like. We have this it, toxic culture as far as masculinity where people will say, you'll hear these. Okay. You'll hear these people say that like, it's weak for men to be vulnerable with women. Listen, that's you guys telling each other that we don't yeah. want that. Here, let me give everyone some quick advice. This is totally off topic, okay? Yeah. Women do want men to be vulnerable. We do. Here's the problem. A lot of men, when being vulnerable and sharing their feelings, do it in the midst of conflict as a means of bargaining or taking away from whatever the woman is going through or whatever she's Whatever's happening, okay? Right. That's what we don't want. We want what you did. I'm having a really hard day. Can I just get a hug? Like, no. That's what we want. We want, hey, can we talk about this? This is, I'm having a difficult time with this. That's human. That has nothing to do with, like, masculine or feminine. That's just human experience, right? So, Fellas, if you're still listening, open up to your partners outside of conflict. And here's the great thing that I kind of learned from this too and like doing it. <laughs> Believe it or not, I learned it from my wife, which is we as men try to fix things and I didn't want oh, yeah. her to fix anything. I just wanted her to let me vent, so to speak. Yeah. Like I just wanted to let it out. So I kind of now understand like why women are like, I don't need you to fix anything. I just need to vent. So like I feel like I'm getting very well-rounded. And like how to understand, like how to let people sometimes not be a fixer, but to let people vent and listen and have them talk about it. And so, yeah, I mean, like, and I just wanted to share that just to kind of show people that, you know, hey, like you can grind all you want to. And again, like, I feel like I work very hard throughout the day, but there's going to come a point to where like, you're going to have emotions that are bottled up. You're going to have things that happen that you need to address. And so like on topic with like your whole, like gym is therapeutic thing. Like, no, like it's not. Or Gym's gym not is there. Therapy is therapy. therapy. Yeah. Therapy right. is therapy. There's nothing else that's going to, you know what I mean? And I posted about it yesterday because it was so over that post. And I said, like, it's vital to my mental health. But it's not a replacement for therapy. The gym is not going to fix unresolved trauma. It's not going to fix an eating disorder. It's not going to fix depression or anxiety. Like those things, like the gym will absolutely help. It will help. 
It'll help you feel less depressed when you move your body. It will help you feel less anxious after you leave the gym. But it's not going to solve what's going on up here. Yeah. And what's going on in here. So that's our go to therapy if you need it (laughs) thing. Okay. (laughs) But so we're going to wrap up. Listen, you guys really like it's all about finding balance. It's all about finding balance and also realizing that sometimes you have to be unbalanced. Sometimes. And that can swing either way. Sometimes you feel burnt out and you need to have less of the grind. And sometimes you're not doing enough and you've got these dreams. And, you know, David Goggins said one time that, like, you have to be unbalanced for a while. If you've got a goal, you've got a dream, you've got something you really want, you've got to be a little bit unbalanced. And that's okay. Because eventually you reach a point and you get to a place where you can have some of the balance back. So it's just, it's all about your goals and what you want. We're all individuals. I don't think, I think both cultures are wrong and right. So yeah, it's just about that happy medium, right? Yeah. I mean, and the last thing that I'm going to say before we wrap up here and, and just to kind of piggyback off of what you're talking about with David Goggins and you know, we all glorify David. We love David. We love what he represents, right? Because he shows us that we can do hard shit. But I think at the end of the day, guys, if you're not self-aware with yourself in the fact that you're unbalanced right now, when you get to the point of burnout or to where you're feeling really fatigued and you just don't know where to go or what you need to do, that is a sign that you have been unbalanced and now you're trying to bring balance back. And so it is okay to scale back from what you used to do. Like what you did for a while, being very unbalanced, say, and I'm going to use 75 hard with this just because like I help a lot of people kind of come out of that mindset. When you come out of 75 hard, okay, you can keep going with it, but you can't expect to do that 24 seven, like 365 days a year. Okay. Like there's going to be a time you need to pull back sometimes. And it doesn't mean you're any less of a person than you were when you were doing it. Like you're the same motherfucker that's a badass. So still treat yourself like you're a badass, but just know the balanced era that you're going through in that time. That's why I use the seasons analogy all the time. Yeah. There's a season to be unbalanced and be gun ho with your fitness. There's a season to be unbalanced and gun ho with your job when you need to. But you need to understand to be very self-aware where you are at in your journey, in your season. If you don't have that self-awareness, you're going to constantly feel like you're stuck. So you need to work on yourself. As we always talk about, work on yourself, work on finding the balance, work on self-awareness and stop trying to be like everybody else and be you. Yeah, that's it right there. Be authentic to who you are, what you want. That's the best way. All right, guys. As always, go find follow Tyler all of the places. New 10 Fitness, New 10 underscore fitness. And, you know, he always has a special for time to grind people. So mention the podcast and set up an appointment with him and all of the things. He's wonderful. And I certainly wouldn't be, you know, good as good with my stuff as I am without him. So 
that's all we got for you guys today. So, you know, in the meantime, get out there and grind or be lazy or find your balance or do whatever you want to do to be your authentic, happy self. Because that's what life's all about. So, everybody thank you, have Kim. A good day. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Good episode. Mm-hmm.